the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's a piece yours truly hosted that I trust you will enjoy. Joseph LeConte is an associate professor of history at the King's College in New York. He's the author most recently of God, Locke, and Liberty. But the book you probably know him for is the New York Times bestseller, A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. Uh, a documentary film is coming out on that book, which I cannot wait to see. There's a trailer for it at uh, http colon slash slash hobbitwardrobe.com. Uh, Professor LeConte, welcome to the program. Great to have you. Hugh Hewitt, thanks so much for having me. Great to be with you. Now, normally we would talk about uh, A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and The Great War, but we'll leave that for another time when the documentary comes out. I want to talk about your national interest essay, The War Over Liberal Democracy. I believe it appeared last week, correct? Yes, that's correct. I don't know how it came to my attention, but it's really a magnificent piece of work. Can you tell me, first of all, why you wrote it and how it ended up in the national interest, which is an interesting place. It's sort of a first things article that round up at the national interest. Yeah, I actually pitched it for first things, but they they didn't want to run it. And uh, this is part of what got me so, I think, agitated about this issue, that the cultural and religious conservatives have been engaged, it seems, in a kind of war on democratic liberalism. They've become so disillusioned with where we are right now as a society that they're putting all the blame on the original architects of the liberal democratic project. So they're not comfortable anymore with the ideas of of individual conscience and freedom. And, and Joseph, you and I are both uh, practicing Catholics and proud of our church. But a lot of this has come as a result, I believe, of the collapse of the church's public credibility in the wake of the sex abuse trial, uh, the, 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 the great controversies around Pope Francis on marriage and communion, yeah. a number of things. There's just a great deal of shattering of faith in the modern age of Twitter and social media so that a, an astute and talented writer like Rod Dreher yeah. comes along with the Benedict option. And all of a sudden, we're yeah. back to the Catholic suspicion of democracy. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's kind of an amazing uh, um, period of disillusionment, I guess. And I think what we're forgetting is that, you know, every institution, religious or secular institution, it's liable to decay and to, 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 to degenerate, uh, you know, with, with every generation. It has to be sustained. The faith has to be passed on. And so to go back to the original kind of thinkers, whether it's a, uh, a Martin Luther, a John Locke, a James Madison, and to blame them for all of our kind of problems, all of our materialism, our radical individualism, I think it's just so wrong-headed historically. And the real danger here, Hugh, is that, it, that these guys potentially can rob us of the sources of our democratic strength 
strength. We've got to pass on this cultural inheritance to the next generation. You know, and, uh, and, and to cut it out from under us is just a big mistake. Uh, I don't know if you know Joseph, uh, uh, Joseph Lacan. I don't know if you know Jonah Goldberg, but his book, The Suicide of the West, yeah. is basically yeah. a 400-page uh, demand that people appreciate the miracle that we are enjoying that is liberal democracy, the liberal project. But would you explain for the Steelers fans out there what you mean by liberal democracy? Because we don't mean liberals. Yeah. We don't mean socialists. We mean a very specific thing. <laughs> yeah, we do. We mean things like government by consent of the governed, the separation of powers, uh, religious freedom, the dignity of the individual, uh, the, the rights of conscience. These are all the things that became the architecture for the liberal democratic project. This is how you build a, a, a pluralistic and just society. And the critics now, the conservative critics, they just seem uncomfortable with pluralism. They seem uncomfortable with the idea of individual rights because all they see is, is a kind of a radical individualism. And so they, they want to go back to the source and say, well, it was all doomed to failure. But that raises the obvious question. Well, what is the alternative uh, to a pluralistic, liberal, democratic society? We've tried some of the alternatives, haven't we? Yeah, and, and I think, Joseph, uh, Professor Lacan, of course, at King's College, I don't believe that their fear is a fear. It should not be a fear of the constitutional order. It should be a fear yeah. of the departure from it, because what they're afraid of yeah. are courts out of control and non-originalists yeah. doing basic social experimentation, social engineering. But if we get back to what the framers built, which is a limited That's government right. that celebrates freedom, we'll all be fine, especially those of us who believe in the Christian uh, worldview, who believe Christ lived, was resurrected, and who actually put their faith in the gospel. We're better off with the liberal constitutional order. Yeah, uh, and this is the huge, the hugely important point, Hugh, that they've missed. They, they see no path to renewal, because if you think that the whole experiment is rotten at the core, that it was steeped in sin from its birth, then all you really have is fatalism and cynicism. So I don't think the American project has been tried and found wanting. We've just now de departed from the, from the genius of the founders, and that's what the conservative critics, it seems, they're unwilling to acknowledge that. I think they've got real it's bad history and bad theology at work. Now, you ought to have uh, Jonah over to King's College because you and he agree. Yeah. Jonah's argument is just, it's a 100-year detour from what we were doing. And that, that yeah. if we can just get back, and I, by the way, I think President Trump's judicial appointees are going to get us back there. I'm, I'm actually an optimist that the court is going to to resurrect traditional Establishment Clause jurisprudence this term. Next year, they're going to work yeah. on Second Amendment rights. They're going to work on Fifth Amendment rights. I'm just, I actually think they're going to return Roe and Casey eventually and go back to federalism on abortion issues. So I am an enthusiast because we finally yeah. have judges who will be judges. Yeah, I mean, I want to be as hopeful as you are, Hugh, and, and I agree with you. We, we've got to get back to this idea that the point of, of pluralism and individual freedom is to give people the space to pursue the truths about God that are necessary for life, for salvation. That's what, that's what the great project was about originally with John Locke uh, and, and others in the game, right down to Madison. Give people that civic uh, space and freedom to pursue truth according to the dictates of conscience. That can't be at fault. That, that's the basic thing that has helped to build a liberal democratic order, a humane and decent societies. Again, what's the alternative to that as a, as a foundation? It's authoritarianism. There, is, there was always the authoritarian temptation of the Pope on Earth being the, the Pope as to things yeah, sure. uh, uh, temporal as well as spiritual. But tell us for a second what Locke's religious worldview was. 
Yeah, the fascinating thing about Locke is that he's an early Enlightenment guy, but he's obviously steeped deeply in the Scriptures. I mean, Locke again and again in his defense of religious freedom says the most important issue anybody can face is where they stand with God. And that the state, any just state that is worthy of our support, uh, has to create that kind of space for us to pursue those great spiritual truths. So Locke himself, he's in the Anglican tradition. Uh, he, he, he never leaves the Anglican Church. But he's, he's, a, he's coming up in a period of time where political absolutism and militant religion, they are joined at the hip. And Locke, as I think, as a, as, a, as a believing Christian, is going after those two problems, militant religion and political absolutism, with a, with a change in our thinking. Uh, about what's important in life, what's important for political societies. He's also where, I think it's crucial, it goes along with, I believe in God, then you believe in Christ as the, the God is supposed to be understood and found. But then I believe in the enemy. And once you say, I believe in the enemy, yeah. once you believe in Satan, then you have to structure yeah. a government that accounts for if men were angels, no government would be necessary, to yes. quote Madison. Yes. Men are not angels, and there be evil among us. So how are we going to do both the project of allowing people to honor their conscience and search God as they know him, and at the same time recognize, as you put at the end of your argument, the purveyors of relativism, materialism, tribalism, and statism. There yeah. are lots of other evils as well, whether they're the sins of the flesh, drugs, pornography, or the sins yeah. of pride. They're all over us. We need a liberal order that reflects that. Yeah, I think the, that's exactly right, Hugh. The only way to restrain seems to be evil in, in a political sense, in a civic sense, is you've got, you got to have uh, people, uh, uh, people of faith with deep religious commitments who are engaged, <laughs> who have the freedom to move in civic and political life. And I think that's part of probably what the conservative critics of, of, of liberalism are, are saying, and I agree with them. We've got forces now, secular forces now, militantly secular forces now, are trying to restrict the influence of, of Christians and other believers in public life. That's a problem. I agree with them. That's a problem. But don't blame it on Madison. <laughs> yeah, don't. In <laughs> fact, the answer, don't throw out the cure. The cure is yeah. more freedom and the cure is more faith. And the only way you get more faith is with missionary zeal. You know, you and I met at the uh, at, at, in New York at the Todd of Aki and had had me come and talk to the Christian Artists Association. And, yeah. and I'm an optimist that if we just make our arguments, we'll win. But we're so busy retreating and folding up the tent and leaving yeah. the scene that we're not out there doing what we're supposed to do, which is say, here's truth, here's not truth, believe the yes. truth. Yes, and, uh, and, and Hugh, I'd say as well, his, a little historical memory here is important because the critics now, the conservative critics of the, of the liberal democratic project, they have imbibed a deeply secular understanding of the American founding. So they played right into the hands of the hard secular left, which is so ironic. I agree with their critique of where we are right now in, in our society. But to then go back and to do a revisionist history and to say, no, the whole American founding was really a secular plot and an attempt to restrain religion and marginalize public life, that's, that's, that is really the historical view of the hard left. That, and it's not true. Joseph LeConte, a great essay, The War Over Liberal Democracy. Come back when the documentary gets close, and we will talk about a hobbit, a wardrobe, and the Great War. Thank you, Professor. Thanks so much, sir. Great to be with you. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.